very one track. I like simple, okay? So when I have a choice that's in front of me and I don't know what to do, I sort of freak out. I can make the simple decisions like, yes, I'll have a number three meal, please. Or I definitely prefer the blue one over the black one. Or make it a venti and give it an extra squirt of caffeine. When it comes to the harder choices though, I'm stuck. Job choice is risk management or human resources. Mikey, it's either saxophone or baseball. Is it, do I buy the new tires or the new washing machine? They found a lump in my what? Decisions, directions, sometimes it's all just too difficult. You know in the movies where they have that sign out in the wilderness and there's the hero, he's at the crossroads in the desert, and there's that big sign that has arrows pointing in every direction. 5,000 miles this way to New York. 4,000 miles this way to Mumbai. There's just all these arrows pointing in every possible direction, dozens of them. Welcome to my life. So many times I feel like I'm out in the cold, alone in the dark, and I'm walking on this path and I'm looking down at my feet until I come to this, this fork in the road. And I think, now what? Is direction in life difficult? Is finding the road to take that hard? Yes, but. Well, I want to welcome all of our campuses and those who are watching online and those who will be watching by TV. I'm today here at our Sugarloaf campus. And you may or may not remember this. Some of you will be old enough to remember. But back in the 1970s, uh, when the Cold War was going on, the Pentagon developed what was known at the time uh, a system that was called back then Navistar. And it was a system where they used 24 satellites that are about 12,000 miles above the Earth. And they would broadcast radio broadcast, uh, they would broadcast radio signals from those satellites that were, by the way, attuned to an atomic clock. They were exactly on time. And they were sent to these receivers back on planet Earth, and they found out that they could use those signals to triangulate the exact precise precision of anything, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Now, when they did that, they had no idea that they were going to be developing the greatest advance in direction and in finding your way to go and in, in, and in navigating since the compass. Now, today, we have a three-letter little acronym we use for that. We call it what? GPS, Global Positioning System. And it's an unbelievable, incredible tool. It, it, matter of fact, I was reading this the other day. You can be anywhere in the world. It doesn't matter. You can be in Antarctica. You can be in Africa. You can be in the jungle. You can be anywhere you want. And that GPS system can triangulate your position and locate you to within 10 meters anywhere you are on the planet. And everybody uses it today. Airline pilots use it. Geologists use it. Golfers use it. I have a watch. I got a watch last year for Christmas, and it helps me to find. Well, it doesn't help me to find my lost balls. I wish I could help one find me to do help me to do that. But it will tell me like how far my shot traveled, how far I've got to the green, how much I've got to you know to carry water. It's unbelievable. This thing is so exploded that the worldwide market for all GPS products today is twenty-seven billion dollars. Now, back then, it was used by the military for the military, but it quickly outgrew its use. And the reason why we all love GPS is because there are times in our life when we're on a journey, when we're going somewhere, 
or we're, or we're navigating a, a, a new piece, maybe you're in a new city, or you're in a new uh, place, uh, uh, you just moved somewhere and you don't really know the area, or you're trying to find a certain location, there are certain pieces of information that are absolutely crucial that we absolutely need. For example, first of all, we want to know where we are. You can't go to where you need to go until you know where you are. Then, we don't want to get lost, right? We've all had that happen occasionally. Back in the days of maps, sometimes maps get out of date. And so we, we don't want to get lost. We're trying to go where we need to go. Then we want to make sure we're heading in the right direction. Okay, that's a given. And then we want to get there the best way. We don't want to go around Timbuktu to try to get to where we need to go. And so life is just like that journey that you may be on. If you think about it, there's so much in common with life and just taking a trip. Because, for example, when you take a trip, you've got to make those decisions. You've got, okay, where am I? Where do I want to go? Don't want to get lost. What's the best way to get there? Life's exactly the same way. Life is a series of decisions and choices. And every day and every week and every month, we have to decide where are we, where do we want to go, what do we want to do, and what is the best way to get there. And, you know, we have to learn the hard way, and we've all learned this, that is that good decisions bring success and bad decisions bring failures. And I promise you there's one thing every one of us in this room has in common. We've all made our share of bad decisions. Now, I can tell you something right now that's true about you, and this is why I don't like sometimes the, this, this victim mentality that society has. Because the truth of the matter is you are who you are. You are where you are. You are what you are today because of the decisions you made yesterday. And wherever you want to be, whatever you want to be, whatever you want to do tomorrow will be decided by the decisions you make today. And see, deep down, I know the same thing is true about you that's true about me. As I get up every day and I live my life, I want to know where I am. I want to know where I need to go. I don't want to get lost. I don't want to get off on the wrong path. And I want to find the best way to get there. Now, here's what we learned from that little video. That's not always easy. It's sometimes very, very difficult. As a matter of fact, if you Google this question, this amazes me. If you Google this question, go home and try it today. What should I do? Just put that in Google. Google, what should I do? You ready for this? You will get more than 64 million results. They're all over the place. I mean, it, it's amazing. Advice experts have exploded all over the country. There are apps. There are videos. There are live chats. There's new, newspaper columns. There's blogs. There's podcasts. Because people are asking questions about everything. Career, love, family, finances, health, economy, government, the future. They're asking questions. What should I do? And I can be honest with you. As I've looked back over my ministry, and I don't do a lot of counseling. In fact, the vast majority of counseling I do, I do it right here. But of the counseling that I do, 95% of the time when people walk into my office and they sit down, they're really asking me one question. What do you think that question is? What should I do? What should I do? I don't know what to do, Pastor. Can you tell me what to do? What decision should I make? What advice can you give me? Now, wouldn't it be great if we had some kind of a GPS system that we could use in life, just like we use when we're taking a trip? Well, let me give you some good news. We are in a series that we're calling Yes, But. And today I want to deal with a situation that we all face in our life. And I'll be honest with you, I don't think there's a more frustrating time in your life 
then, it, then when you're in this particular situation, it's nerve-wracking, it's agonizing, you'll get a, a, a knot in the pit of your stomach, it'll cause you to lose sleep, you'll walk the floor, you'll wring your hands, and it's those times in our lives when we have to honestly look ourselves in the mirror and say this, I don't know what to do. I don't want to do the wrong thing. I want to do the right thing. I don't want to mess up. I don't want to foul up. I don't want to get lost. I don't want to wind up in the wrong destination. But I've got this choice I've got to make. I've got this decision I've got to take. And I don't know what to do. Let me just be honest with you. Whether you're a believer or not, whether you're a follower of God or not, it makes no difference. We all face those times when we just don't know what to do. So I want to give you this proposition. Yes. There are times we don't know what to do, but God has promised he will guide us in what to do. God's made a promise. He says, I will guide you in what to do. And if you don't think that's a big deal, you think about this. Do you realize we don't know anything about the future? I mean, we really don't. Listen, we worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't even know what's going to happen in the next minute. We don't even know what's going to happen in the next second much less the next day or the next week or the next month or the next year. So that raises a question. If we don't have a clue on what's going to happen in the next minute or the next moment, how in the world can I be expected or you be expected on your own, by yourself, with no outside help to make a good decision? The wisest man who ever lived put it this way in the book of Proverbs. He said, a person's steps are directed by the Lord. Now watch this question. How then can anyone understand their own way? You know what Solomon was saying? He was saying, look, how can anybody expect to know what to do next without God guiding their decisions? He, he was asking, you know, somebody once said, if you want to hear God laugh, tell him your plans. Somebody else said, if you want to make him laugh even louder, tell him what you know. It's so true. You know, we don't, we don't, we, how can you make a plan when you don't even know what's going to happen next? There was a prophet by the name of Jeremiah, and Jeremiah once said these words, Lord, I know that people's lives are not their own. You think your life's your own? It's not. It's not for them to direct their steps. What's, what, what Jeremiah said was, you know, I, I don't care how sharp you are. I don't care how many degrees and titles you've got in front of your name. I don't care how much education you have. I don't care how much experience you have. I don't care how many times you've been around the block. There are going to be times in your life you won't have a clue what to do. You won't know which way to go. You won't know which path to take. You won't know what the best option is because on your own, you will never be able to figure it out. So I, I thought I'd throw up some questions just to see if any of the following apply to you and see if this message might be of interest to you. Here's a question. Would some of you say, and don't raise your hand, but would some of you say, you know, I'm tired of making bad choices, and I'd like to start making some good ones. Can we be honest? There's some of you right now, your finances are in a shambles. For one reason, you made bad choices. You know you're right, and I'm tired of making some bad choices. I'd like to start making some good ones. Well, does this apply to you? I'm facing a crucial decision right now, and I want to get it right. Say, yeah, man, that's me. I, 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 that, boy, I tell you, I really do want to make sure I get that because I've gotten it wrong before. I want to get it right. How about this one? 
I'm really struggling to know how to handle the drama in my life. Everybody, listen, every family has at least one drama queen. I promise you, okay? So you're out there wondering, hey, how can I handle the drama in my life? Here's another one. I have a desire to know what God wants me to do and to do it. Now, if any of those or all of those or some of those apply to you, you might want to pay attention. You might want to hear this message. Now, before I go on, let me just say this to you. And this, this, is, this is what I want, what really hope that you'll hear and will encourage you. We've all been in the same boat, or we all will be in the same boat. There are times you're going to face this agonizing choice in your life, and you just don't know what to do. Now, here's what I want you to hear. That's true, yes, but you are not alone and you're not on your own. You are not alone and you are not on your own because one of the greatest, most life-changing discoveries you will ever make is the realization that God, there is a God who created you. There is a God that has a plan for your life. There is a God that wants what is best for you. And that God has even said, I want to direct your steps. I want to give you guidance. I want to give you leadership. I want you to go down the right path. We've not been put here like a blind man, blindfolded in a dark room, trying to figure our way around, hoping we don't bump into anything or fall flat on our face. There's a better way to live your life than trial and error, hit and hope, flip the coin, hopes it, hope it works. So I want you, to, if you brought a copy of God's Word this morning, or you've got to use an iPad or a smartphone, whatever you use, I want you to turn to that book we referred to a while ago. It's called the Book of Proverbs. You don't know where it is, no big deal. It's right in the middle of your Bible, right after the Book of Psalms. I want you to turn to Proverbs chapter 16. The wisest man, according to the Bible, that ever lived was a king by the name of Solomon. And at the very peak of his life, if you go back and read Solomon's life, there was a time in his life he batted a thousand. I mean, he, he had the Midas touch. Everything he touched turned to gold. I mean, he got it right every time. Every time he had a big decision to make, he always made the right decision. He always made the perfect choice. And at the peak of his life, at the peak of his career, when everything was going, I mean, absolutely wonderful, Everything was coming up roses. The guy could not make a bad choice. He wrote these words. In their hearts, humans plan their course. That is, he said, look, we all have a way we think we ought to do things. We all have a way we think we ought to go. We all have a way we think we ought to take. But the Lord established their steps. The God that gave you life wants to guide you in this life. The God that loves you wants to lead you. The God that gave his son to die for you wants to give you guidance to direct you. He wants you to go the right direction. He wants you to get to the right destination. Now, the question that is raised is, man, I'm all in on that. How does that happen? Well, what I want to share with you today is, is, is what I call a decision guide. I'm going to give you a decision guide. And in that decision guide, if you open it up, there are always going to be three things that you have to do. And God's made a promise in his word. He says, if you will do these three things, I'll guide your steps. I will open up the right path. I'll show you what to do, when to do it, how to do it, the way to do it, and do it in such a way that it doesn't just turn out for your good, it turns out for your best. 
And I want to share those with you today. You ready? Number one, first thing you got to do is you've got to admit you need God's guidance. You, you just have to admit you need help. Now, let's go back to the first part of that verse again. Here's what he said. He said, in their hearts, humans plan their course. Why do we do that? Why would we try to plan what we want to do tomorrow, what needs to be done tomorrow, when we don't even know what's going to happen in the next minute? Well, there's a simple reason for that. Everybody in this room has something in common. I don't care how sweet you are. I don't care how nice you are. I don't care how humble you think you are. Nobody in this room likes to be told what to do. Am I right or wrong? You just don't like to be told what to do. That's why, I, you know, I don't get up here. Like, for example, I, I wish every one of you would tithe. And I'm not trying to get on tithing. I'm just making a point. You know, I wish I could just get up here and say, we're going to pass the basket in a minute, and you're going to tithe. How do you think that's going to work out for me? I'll, I'll be flipping burgers tomorrow, right? That's not going to happen, okay? I can't tell you I wish I could, but I can't. And you know why I don't do that? Not only can I not do it, number two, I know that wouldn't be the best way to do it, but number three, I already know something. You don't like to be told what to do. Nobody does. We won't like to be a DIY project. We want to make our own way. We want to make our own choices. We want to make our own decisions. And I'll tell you what's even worse. When we are confused, when we are stumped, when we really don't know which way to go or which path to take, we don't like to admit it. Now, there, you know, I found something, and this is not a stereotype. It's true. Men are the worst. We don't like to ask directions. Some of, the, some of the maddest I've ever had Teresa get at me in my marriage is when I just, I've, just, I've been stubborn. We've been, I remember one time, we were downtown Atlanta. I went down to Fox. Listen to this. I went down to Fox to do a, uh, back when uh, it was, a, I think it was Hannity and Combs, back when I was president of the SBC. They, they asked me to do an interview. And, and so I got the, I got the address, and, 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 and I found the address, and, and, and we went downtown and did the interviews late, at, late on, a, on a Friday night. And so we got out, and Teresa said, do you know how to get back to the house? I said, oh, yeah, I know how to get back to the house. We're halfway to Newnan. <laughs> Before I realized, I don't think we're going the right way, okay? And she kept saying, ask for, no, I know where I'm going. We just have that in us. We don't like to ask for directions. Well, David, Solomon's dad, put it this way. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. You know what David was saying? They would say, look. If you want to do it yourself, you want to go your own route, you want to make your own decisions, you want to go it alone, God is going to let you do that. But you know what that causes, right? That's why we spend too much time trying to fess up to our mess up rather than asking God to begin with. And I'll tell you something I've learned in my life. You are better off asking the Lord to guide your steps than you are to correct your mistakes. Not better off. Just say, Lord, I need help. Now, let me tell you the good news. This is the great news. God wants you to know the right way. There, there's no benefit to God to your making a bad decision, much less yourself. God wants you to know his will. God wants you to make not just the good decisions. He wants you to make the best decisions. And God doesn't play cat and mouse. He doesn't play you know, hide and seek. He doesn't tell you to ask you to guess what's behind door number three. God wants you to know his will more than you want to know it. Look, if you're a parent, you know this. Doesn't it bless you when your kids make a good decision? 
Doesn't it really bless you when your children do the right thing without you having to even kind of tell them? You've given them enough principles to guide them and direct them. And doesn't it really bless you as you see your kids grow up and mature and you see them make, see them make wise decisions? How much more do you think it blesses your heavenly father? When he looks down at his children, he says, I am so proud of you. You made the best choice. That's what God wants. But first thing you've got to do, you've got to admit that you need God's guidance. Second thing you've got to do, this is real simple. After you admit it, you've got to ask for it. I mean, once you admit you need help, you need directions, then you ask for it. Now, let's read the second half of that verse again. But the Lord establishes their steps. You know what the word establish means in, in the Hebrew language? That, that word literally means to set straight. It means to set on the right path. It means to make sure you're going in the right direction. Now, I'll tell you, this so encourages me. God, the creator of this universe, you think God has plenty to do just running the universe, and yet God has looked at me and he said, James, I'd love to guide your steps. I'd love to establish your steps. I would love to direct your steps. I would love to make sure you're on the right path. I'd love to make sure you're going in the right direction. I'd love to make sure you're getting there the best way. I'd love to make sure you're arriving at the right destination. Now, that raises a question. Well, Lord, I'm all in. God, how do you do that? And let me tell you, this is the great news for all of us. God has given certain tools to help us find his will in those situations when we really don't know what step to take next. And once you take into account, remember what we said, the first thing you got to do, you got to find out, all right, where are you? That's where you always start. So when you take into account your circumstances, that's, that's where you start, because then you've got, because you got to know where you are before you, where you know, need to go or how to get there. Then God says, okay, once you know where you are, and once you know where you know you think, you know, you want to go where I want you to go, God says, okay, look, I'm going to give you three ways that I will speak to you and I will help you and I will guide you. And I found these to be, I mean, just a fail-safe, fail-proof way to find how you need to go where you need to go. Now, the first way is through what I call biblical principles. That's the first way that God's going to guide your steps, through biblical principles. As a matter of fact, that's not only one way or the first way, that is the primary way. See, this is what people don't realize, and this is why it's so important that you read your Bible. This is not just a good book, it's the guidebook. This is God's directions. This is God's way of telling you how to make wise decisions. Now, let me state the obvious. No, I'm not sitting here saying, if you don't know which college you need to attend, just go to your Bible, okay? Now, I will admit that there are times I really feel like I found things in God's Word that says you ought to go to Georgia, okay? That's just me, and I'm sure that's just a, you know, a case of mistaken identity. But the point of the matter is, no, the Bible will not specifically tell you the exact city you ought to move to, or the exact college you ought to attend, or the exact person you ought to marry, or the exact job you ought to take. But let me tell you what God's Word will do. It will give you principles and guidelines that will help you eliminate certain choices and consider other choices. Because I'm going to say something right now to some of you, and this is why some of you make a big mistake in what you do with your life. And this, in fact, I, I'm thinking right now, I'm not going to call her name. She may be here. There's a lady right now. She's living in a situation she shouldn't be in. And she's having a difficult time in her life. And I know why she's having that time in her life, because she's in a difficult situation that she doesn't need to be in, and she wants to extract herself from it. But I want you to remember what I'm about to say. If you don't hear anything else, I want you to hear this. God's direction will never contradict God's instruction. 
God's direction will never contradict God's instruction. So let me, let me give you some very easy examples. You're thinking about, you're a believer. Let's say you're a follower of Christ. And you're thinking about marrying an unbeliever. Real simple answer to that, no. Not, not hard. Or right, for example, um, you're thinking about going out next Saturday night and just getting wasted. Real easy answer to that, no. Or right, you're thinking about spreading gossip about someone else. Easy answer, no. One of the things I'm trying to teach uh, guys that I mentor and, and, and teach some guys on our staff and other things is this. One question you always ask about an action you're about to take or about a, a thought you're about to believe or about a philosophy you're about to accept, one of the things you should always ask is, does God's word either prohibit or permit what I'm thinking about doing? So that's always my fallback thing. Whenever I, whenever I hear somebody preach something, for example, and I say to myself, no, that doesn't sound quite right. I always say to myself, is there anything in God's word that could contradict what that person says? So, for example, just an easy example, if somebody gets up and says, look, all roads lead to God. doesn't matter how you want to get to God. You want to be a Buddhist, want to be a Muslim, want to be a Hindu, want to be this, want to be that. You just take whatever's best to you. I just have, I say, wait a minute. Well, check in my spirit because I know what Jesus said. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So that's always the first thing you go to when you're trying to make a decision Go to God's Word and ask yourself, is there anything that would either prohibit what, I'm, prohibit what I'm thinking about doing or permit what I'm thinking about doing, okay? So that's first step, first tool, biblical principles. Second uh, tool is wise people, wise people. Proverbs 15, says this, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Now, I, I want to state a positive in a negative way, okay? Because some of you, you're going to say, boy, I wish somebody told me that a long time ago. The surest way to make a bad decision, you ready for this? The surest way to make a bad decision is to get bad advice from bad people. I promise you, it works every time. Every time you get bad advice from bad people, you're going to make a bad decision. That's why I put the emphasis on wise. Wise, get wise counsel, get wise people. Let me give you an example. You're thinking about getting a divorce. Please, don't get advice from someone that's been divorced six times. Don't do that. Please don't do that. Or, you're trying to make a wise financial decision. Don't talk to somebody that is $50,000 in credit card debt. Just don't do that. Or, or, or they've declared bankruptcy four times. Don't go to that person and say, hey, I'm thinking about doing this financially. What do you think I ought to do? You know, when I ask for advice, and I do, I really do. And, and, but when I ask for advice, you know what I always do? I always gauge who I get advice from. And the way I gauge that is, is I look at them and I say, okay, have they arrived at the destination I'm trying to get to? Are they going in the same direction that I want to go? Are they achieving the same things that I want to achieve? And are they walking with God the way I want to walk with God? 
So I don't just ask advice from just anybody. And when I do get ask advice, I want to make sure I'm getting advice from a wise person. And by the way, while we're in the neighborhood, let me just go ahead and touch on this. You know what really just makes my skin crawl? I mean, it just it makes me cringe. And I hear it all the time. Well, I just do what I feel God wants me to do. Well, where do you get that in Scripture? I just do what I feel God wants me to do. Now, I've got news for our culture today. Just because something feels right doesn't make it right. Just because you feel like it's okay doesn't make it okay. I mean, I may feel like something is right, but if I have five men and women that I trust and they all tell me it's not right to do that, then at the very least, I'm going to take a real pause and I'm going to take a second look. And I'm going to really think it through. So the, the, first, the second tool is wise people. One of the best things you'll ever do in your life is to find people who are wise, find people who are godly, find people who are going where you want to go and have gotten to where you want to get to and then latch onto them and take advice and counsel from them. So there are biblical principles. That's the first tool. The second tool is, is, is wise people. And then the third tool is what I call spiritual prompting, not emotional prompting, spiritual prompting. Now, let me tell you what I mean by that. If you're a believer, and if you're not a believer, this does not apply to you, okay? But if you're a believer, if you're a follower of Christ, one of the great advantages to being a believer is you have a divine GPS inside of you. It's not a global positioning system. It is a godly positioning system, and it's known as the Holy Spirit. And you will find that the more you read your Bible and the more you spend time with God and the more you listen to wise people and the better you know God, the better you can recognize God's voice when he speaks. Because let me, listen, listen, God does not primarily speak into your ears. God primarily speaks into your heart. I'm I'm doing what I do right now for one reason. I don't do it for the money. I don't do it for the acclaim. I don't do it for this. I don't do it for that. You know what? You know the only reason I'm doing what I'm doing today? God has called me to do it. But God didn't call me in my ears. God called me in my heart. He didn't speak out loud audibly. He spoke louder than that. He spoke to my heart. You see, God has given us two guardrails to keep us from going over a cliff on either side as you're driving down the highway of life. You don't want to make a bad decision. You don't want to go off the cliff. So God says, okay, I've got two guardrails to help keep that from happening. One is the Scripture, and the other is the Spirit. Now, both of these are important. Let me tell you why. Here's what the Bible will do. The Bible will protect you from making a purely rational decision. So you don't fall into the trap of saying, well, this is what I think I ought to do. How many of you, you don't have to raise your hand because I know you're either going to lie or you're going to raise your hand, so don't, you don't do either one. How many of you have ever done something in the past that you thought you ought to do, but it wasn't what you should do? We've all done that, right? We've all made, we all, I thought that's what I ought to do, but it was not what you should do. The Bible will protect you from that cliff. But then... The Holy Spirit will protect you from a purely emotional decision, which will keep you from saying, well, this is what I feel like I ought to do. Both of those are not the way to be guided. Both of those are not the way, well, this is what I think I ought to do. This is what I feel like I ought to do. And the Holy Spirit has a way of taking biblical wisdom and godly advice and mixing those two things together to speak to your heart. I was reading the other day, this is fascinating. I I was reading the other day, about a new development, and it's called 
hypersonic sound, HSS. If you're an engineer, you may know something about this. This guy, his name's Elwood Norris. He invented this. It's really incredible. He's invented this device that engineers sound waves to travel like a laser beam from about 150 yards. And here's what's amazing. He's developed this device so that he, he can send a sound to you that can be heard by you but can't be heard by anybody else. You, you can be standing in a crowd of 100 people. But using HSS, he can speak to you or he can talk to you or he can say something to you that nobody can hear but you. And when I read that, I thought, you know, that, that's exactly the way God works. I have found that when I walk with God and I'm really in tune with God, I have a way of hearing from God in a way that nobody else can hear. When your spiritual antenna is up and you're the right person with the right perspective in the right place, God will make his way known to you. So that's the third tool, all right? Now, there's one last tool, and this is always the last step you take before you make a decision, and it's what I call inner peace. Inner peace. Now, here's, here's the way it works. When God has spoken and God has guided and God has established your path and God has directed your steps, there will be this peace in your heart that nothing can shake. There will be not a 99% because God doesn't deal in 99%. There will be this 100% assurance that you're doing what you truly believe God would have you to do. You say, Pastor, how do you really know what you said is true? Because I know this principle. The will of God will never lead you where the peace of God will not keep you. The will of God will never lead you where the peace of God will not keep you. So you're facing a difficult decision. You don't know which way to go. There are three questions to always ask of three different entities. You ready? First, you ask God, God, what do you want? And the primary way you do that is you go to the scripture. God, what do you want? Then you ask others, wise people, what do you think? This is what I'm facing. These are my choices. What do you think? And then finally, you ask yourself, what do I hear? What do I here, okay? So number one, you have to admit you need God's guidance. Number two, you've got to ask for God's guidance. Now, if I stop right there, we could really close the shop. We could go home and you'd say, okay, man, that really helps me. But you know what? Those two things won't work. And you'll get frustrated and you'll still blow it. And then you'll start doubting God. You'll say, well, I, I admitted I needed it and I asked for it. And then I made the decision based on what the pastor told me to do. And I still messed up. And you're going to blame God or you're going to blame me or sue us both. But it's because you didn't take the last step. And that is you've got to apply God's guidance. Now, let me tell you what I mean. Everything I think I've said in the last... 20 minutes, you said, hey, I, this has been really good. I've enjoyed this. Well, let's see if we can change that up a little bit. Because there are times, and I've seen it happen in my life. I had people walk in my office. Well, you know, I did this, I did this, and I, I asked people, and I went to blah, 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 blah. And I still, I either made the wrong decision, or God didn't come through, or I still didn't know what to do. I still couldn't find direction. I still couldn't get a piece about what I needed to do. And what I have found is, if not 100% of the time, 99% of the time, it is because they haven't taken the most important step of all. So let me just stop right here. You may be one of those people and you may say, you know what, I'm really getting upset with you because I've tried all this stuff before and it hadn't worked. In fact, I'm trying to do it right now. Man, I've asked God and begged God. I've gone to the Bible. I've done this. I've done that. I still don't hear from God. It's like talking to a brick wall. I still don't know what to do. I don't get it. All right, let me just be honest. You ready? 
You're not going to like this, but just I'm going to be honest with you. The reason you may are still having difficulty knowing what to do, and the reason you may not yet know God, what God would have you to do in a certain situation is because, you ready now? Listen. You're not already doing what you know God would want you to do in the situation you're already in. And the reason why God's not telling you what not the reason why God's not telling you what you need to do tomorrow is because you're not even doing what you know God wants you to do today. Because let me can I be honest again? God is not obligated to guide you if you're not going to follow his guidance. And God is not obligated to direct you if you're not going to follow his directions. And God is certainly not obligated to tell you what to do if you're only going to do it when you feel like doing it, when you want to do it, when it's inside your comfort zone, when it doesn't cost you anything, or when you pick and choose. And so there are many of us may perhaps listen to this message right now, and you just need to get honest with yourself and realize the problem with people who have not The problem many people have is not that they can't find God's will for a certain situation. That's not their problem. The problem is doing it. It's it's, it's easy to find God's will in most situations. I'm I'm telling you, I've been a Christian a long time. It's relatively easy to find God's will in many situations. It's harder to do it. And whenever you're trying to find out what God wants you to do, there are always two questions that are going to be asked. Let me just tell you that right now. So if you're right now saying, boy, you've really helped me so far, and I'm going to do what you told me to do, and I'm really going to make this decision right. I'm tired of getting wrong. I want to get it right. Let me just tell you right now, there are two questions that are going to be asked. One is our question, and one is God's question. All right, now we already know what our question is, right? What is our question? God, what do you want me to do? That's our question, okay? We all, we all get that. We all know that. But what we don't realize is that when you ask God the question, God, what do you want me to do? God's answer, his first answer, is always his question back to you. And this is his question. Well, are you already doing what you know I want you to do now? Because if so, then will you do what I want you to do if I tell you? So if you're struggling with a decision in your life and you're not sure which choice to make, you're not sure which way to take, you need to ask yourself, hey, am I following God's will in every area of my life right now? Today, this very moment, am I doing what I know to do now? Because you will only know what to do when you don't know what to do if you're already doing what you know to do. That may sound complicated, but it's really simple. You will only know what to do when you don't know what to do if you're already doing what you know to do. In other words, you'll only know God's will for tomorrow If you're doing what you know God's will is for you today. So let me just be very, very practical. And again, you're not going to like this. I'm just trying to help you. If you're robbing God with your finances. Let me let that settle in for a minute. If you're robbing God with your finances. If you're living in sexual sin. If you are neglecting God's word in your life, if you're rejecting a biblical command of God, if you know there's an area in your life right now where you basically have said to God, stay out of my business, why should you expect God to guide you? 
How arrogant is it of you? How presumption is it of you to go to a holy God and say, no, I'm not doing this in my life, and I'm not doing that in my life, and I'm not doing this in my life, but you know what? That's none of your business. Just tell me what I need to do right now. So put it another way, if you're not already willing to do what you know God wants you to do now, why do you think God would go to the trouble of telling you what you don't know to do tomorrow? Why would God do that? I mean, there are times, let me tell you something, there are times, being a pastor is so interesting. (laughs) I wish all of you could pastor for 30 days. I really do. People walk into my office, (laughs) they leave so angry and they leave so frustrated. I've seen it happen so many times. They'll come in, they'll sit down, they say, man, I'm having trouble, I don't know what to do. Would you help? I I just, I I, I really got to find out what I've got to do in this given situation. I, I just, you know, what do you think I ought to do? So I'll start probing. I'll start asking questions like a good doctor would do. And, and, and then I find out, well, you're not already doing in your present situation what God wants you to do now. And so I don't waste my time. And I've said this to so many people. I mean, so many people. That's why I don't have a lot of repeat visitors. <laughs> I'll say to them, why don't you go back and start living the way you ought to live? Why, why don't you start doing what you ought to do? Why don't you start being what you ought to be today? And when you start that, why don't you then come back and then we'll talk about what you ought to do tomorrow? Because if I've learned anything about the will of God for my life, it's this. If I do what I know God wants me to do today, God will surely guide me when I don't know what to do tomorrow. But he will not allow you to get the cart before the horse. He won't allow you. To, he doesn't bargain. Well, look, I, I haven't been doing this, and I'm not going to do this, but can we just forget that? I need help. doesn't work that way. So let me, let me just kind of wrap this up. You're not a believer. You, you, you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You're not a follower of the Lord. Let me tell you something I know God wants you to do today. I know one decision that God wants you to make. I know one way that God wants you to take. And it's not what I'm saying. He's already said it. 1 Timothy 2.4 says that God wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. I know that. God wants all people, not most people, not some people. God wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. If you're not a believer, God wants you to be a believer. God wants you to give your heart and your life to him today so he can guide your heart and your life tomorrow. So here's the question now we all have to ask. I mean, it's real simple. So how are you going to go through your life? How are you going to live your life? How are you going to go out there and make these tough decisions? Is it going to be... Flip a coin, trial and error, try your best, hope things will work out, or are you going to surrender your life to the creator who does know what's going to happen tomorrow because he controls every second? And are you going to control your life to the God that says, if you'll allow me, I will direct your life. I will establish your steps. I will make your path straight. I'll let you look back on your life and I'll let you minimize your regrets and I'll let you maximize the joys in your life. So let me just kind of wrap this up. 
Some of you, many of you have heard of Bill Hybels. Bill Hybels is pastor of a big church up in Chicago. And uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a pilot. He has his pilot's license. And he tells this story. It's a great story. He was co-piloting a private plane. They were on a journey somewhere, traveling somewhere with a friend of his. And this friend of his was not a believer. And he'd been trying to kind of work his way into this, this man's life and try to get him to a point where he might consider giving his life to Christ. And so he said when they would reach a certain altitude, he said they would switch on the autopilot and, and they'd start having a, they, they just, you know, have a conversation. And he said they were up there and they were flying and he said they, they were talking about flight patterns and weather conditions and altitude assessments and that they were giving by air traffic controllers on the ground. And he said all of a sudden, he said, I got this idea. So he said to his friend, he said, let me ask you a question. Would you ever make a flight like this without any air traffic control? Would you ever consider flying in the dead of night all alone with your radio turned off without any guidance at all? And the pilot said, Bill, of course not. That'd be crazy. I need all the information and assistance I can get if I want to live and not crash this plane. And Bill Hybels then said, you know, there are people who fly their entire life with the radio to heaven turned off. They get no input from God, no guidance, no wisdom, no counsel. They just fly blindly into bad weather and storms, and they end up crashing and burning. He said for about a minute, his friend didn't say anything, and then his friend looked at him and said, that's pretty stupid, isn't it? And you know what? It is. And God's Word says anytime you're ready, you can turn on the radio that gets heaven signals. And you can talk to the one who guides the stars in their paths, the planets in their orbits, the birds in their flight patterns. And this God has said, I tell you what, I'll be your decision guide on earth and take you all the way to heaven. Let's pray together.